What a fucking disgusting loss. That's what I'm going to start off by saying. Welcome back to the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast, everybody. Be sure to hit that like button, comment, and subscribe. Turn on post notifications, you know, when a live stream pops or a video drops. This was a disgusting loss uh, by the New York Giants. This was a loss where, um, you know, usually if you expect a loss, you're not as mad about certain things, right? Um, Seattle was that way for me. Uh, Dallas was that way for me. I picked the Giants to win this game, so it ultimately feels just a lot worse in a couple of different ways. Um, but this this was the worst loss of the season by far. We were outplayed. We were outcoached. A lot of different things happened in this game that really shouldn't have. Um, I'm going to start up by saying this because I know people are going to come in here like, well, you know, you know this. We, we are 7-3. and three. I, I get it. I truly get it that we are 7-3. and three. And we're not supposed to be here and all these different things. But at the same time, when you have an opponent that's ultimately worse than you, why are we just looking forward to the next game? Why are we not? Why are we looking down on Detroit when they ultimately kicked our ass on Sunday? This was just an overall bad game um, from start to finish. Offensive execution, staying on the field on third down, coaching aspects, turning over the football. This was bad. This was legitimately bad. And I probably have a lot more to say bad about the offense than I do the defense. Um, Maybe about one or two things about the defense. But, you know, you can't necessarily help yourself when you're put in terrible position by turnovers and a punter who can't punt. Uh, Just a a lot of bad micromanaging by, by the coaches or lack thereof micromanaging. Which, you know, sometimes you can micromanage, but sometimes you can't. Um, so those are my first thoughts. A ton of injuries, too. I don't know how I didn't mention that within the first few seconds of the the intro. A lot of injuries. And some of that, once again, you can go back and attribute that to coaching. You guys know what I'm talking about. But anyway, let's get into uh, the stats based off of Sunday. Jared Goff was 17 for 26, 165 yards. Seems like a Daniel Jones type of day, but he was efficient, you know, average, but uh, it seemed a lot worse at times. It seemed a lot worse. Uh, Daniel Jones, 27 for 44, 341 yards, a touchdown, two picks, uh, 7.8 yards per throw. We got a passer rating of 74.1 and took two sacks. The Detroit rushing game was absolutely, uh, was absolutely blistering us, at least, you know, the first two running backs. Which, uh, Justin Jackson, who is their number three, he was the lead carrier. Nine carries, 66 yards, 7.3 yards per carry. Jamal Williams, well, he uh, got three rushing touchdowns. 17 carries, 64 yards, 3.8 yards per carry. DeAndre Swift, five carries, 20 yards, touchdown. Khalif Raymond and Amon St. Brown each had rushes. And uh, Jared Goff, four rushes, negative one yards. Take a look at the Giants rushing game. Uh, this is going to be so much of a point to bring up when we bring up the offense. Dale Jones, seven carries, 50 yards, one rushing touchdown, uh, 7.1 yards per carry. Saquon Barkley, 15 carries, 22 yards, 1.5 yards per carry. Matt Breida, three carries, 13 yards, and Wondell Robinson had a carry for four yards. Receiving game, Amonra St. Brown did not cross 100 yards, but he was still the leading receiver, seven receptions, 76 yards. Uh, Khalif Raymond, three receptions, 33 yards. Brock Wright, two receptions, 20 yards. Tom Kennedy, reception for 13 yards, three receptions, 12 yards for DeAndre Swift. Uh, targets for Jason Cabinda and 
DJ Chark, they didn't get any receptions, and Justin Jackson had a catch for 11 yards. Uh, the Giants receiving game, Wondell Robinson, shots to him. Nine receptions, 100 yards, so the first 100-yard receiver. Darius Slayton, five receptions, 86 yards. I still thought he, uh, he, he had a mixed day, Darius Slayton. I know he's been good as of late, but he dropped two key passes during the game. Um, Richie James, three receptions, 48 yards, and a touchdown. Kenny Galilee, two receptions, 29 yards. Isaiah Hodgins, three receptions, 29 yards. Uh, Lawrence Cager, two receptions, 20 yards. He also had a drop on a two-point conversion, which I'm not particularly happy about. Two receptions for 13 yards for Barkley, and one reception for 16 yards for Matt Breida. Go to the fumbles. Isaiah Hodgins lost his fumble, recovered by Aiden Hutchinson. DeAndre Swift lost his fumble. It was recovered by himself. Take a look at the defense. Let's start out with the New York Giants defense, uh, just because I stumbled upon it. Three quarterback hits, uh, zero sacks, four tackles for loss. I mean, you know, that's not going to get it done. That is not going to get it done. Um, Dexter Lawrence, sometimes he's not going to have a big game. Right, um, you know, but there, there's. I'm sorry, there's like no help. There is no help for him. Sometimes we're gonna get to that when we get to the defense. I just wanted to keep it slim. Uh, Kirby Joseph and Aiden Hutchinson both had interceptions. Uh, both returned their interceptions for 20 plus yards. The defense for Detroit: ten quarterback hits, two sacks, five tackles for loss. Um, take a look at it. Ali McNeil had a day. On the interior, which, you know, with Shane Lemieux, John Feliciano playing as bad as he's been, uh, is really no surprise. Three quarterback hits, three tackles for a loss, four tackles and a sack. John Kaminsky, um, three tackles, two tackles for a loss, a sack, quarterback hit. Um, let's see who else got on the board with that. Benito Jones, Austin Bryant, and Isaiah Bugs all had quarterback hits as well. Um, and that's it in terms of sacks and all that stuff. If you want to really get on the board with stuff, Jihad Ward, uh, Leonard Williams, and Dexter Lawrence were the only ones with quarterback hits. So, um, very, very, very underwhelming game, to say the least, from the defense. Uh, Tay Crowder, Jason Pinnock, Nick McLeod, and Julian Love had tackles for loss. So, you know, there's a lot of guys not getting in that category, which I'm very disappointed about. Um, the team stats and all that. Let's go into that real quickly. Uh, Matchup-wise, Giants had 25 first downs. You could even attribute that to garbage time, so you could take that out. Um, they probably had like two, three first downs in garbage time, so really the Lions had more, but 25 first downs for the Giants. 23 for the Lions. 17 passing first downs for the Giants. 9 for the Lions. They had 12 rushing first downs, and the Giants had 7 uh, we had one first down from a penalty. They had two. Uh, third down efficiency, they were they were pretty good. Um, even though it's not 50%, 6 for 13. And just the way they were converting third downs really killed our defense. Uh, 5 for 13, the Giants were. And then fourth down efficiency, the Giants were 2 for 3. Uh, the Lions never went for it at all. Giants had 72 total plays, 63 for the Lions. 413 total yards from the Giants, 325 from the Lions 11 total drives each 5.7 yards per play for the Giants 5.7 5.2 actually yards per play for the Detroit uh, Lions let's see where else we got to go in the red zone the Giants were three for three so that's quote-unquote good um, 
the Lions were four for five. They got into the red zone a ton, and they scored. They scored, so our red zone defense wasn't very good. Um, Penalty-wise, Giants, eight for 63 yards, five for 45. Uh, The Lions were three turnovers for the Giants, 28-12 in the Giants' possession clock, and 31-48 for the Detroit Lions. So I am going to take a quick sip, as I have – you know, pretty much this whole time. I usually take quick sips anyway, but um, we're gonna we're gonna get into something, and I'm gonna and I listen. I get it. Once again, we're seven and three, but I'm gonna put somebody on blast here. Mike Kafka needs to fucking stop with this run first offense. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, Mike Kafka needs to stop with this run first offense immediately. Immediately. Let's go to the statistics, right? Let's go to the statistics. You look at first down from Saquon Barkley. And Saquon was a bit hesitant in this game. You could kind of see it, right? Sometimes he wasn't hitting the hole, whatever. But the Lions had him dead to rights 100% of the time, it felt like. He didn't have a carry over four yards, maybe five. But actually, that was Matt Breida. I'm looking at the stat sheet now. So if you talk about Saquon Barkley and first down, 12 carries, excuse me, 10 carries, 12 yards. 1.2 yards per carry. What does that do to start the offense? What does it do? It does nothing. It does nothing. Now you take those individually because I have it written down. One carry for negative three yards. One carry for negative one. A carry for one. A carry for four. A carry for two. A carry for two. A carry for four. Carry for four again. A carry for zero. A carry for negative one. All equals 12 yards, 1.2 yards per carry. You take a look at Daniel Jones, right? This is outside garbage time. And trust me, you'll be a little confused at the end as to why I still prefer a pass-first offense. But trust me, we'll get there. Passing attempts um, and all that sort of stuff, right? So Daniel Jones was 7 for 14, 65 yards, 4.6 yards per attempt, and 9.3 yards per completion uh, in terms of his first down passes. Uh, he had a pass for 7, 7, 19, 15, 9, 6, and 2. Now, you do include garbage time. Obviously, it's garbage time, so you really don't take that into factor. Um, he was 4 for 5, 46 yards, 9.2 yards per attempt, 11.5 yards per completion. Um, one passing attempt went for 3, then for 20, then for 14, then for 9. There was an incompletion sprinkled in there. Here's here here is here's something that I've heard from different people, and I, I think we need to uh, really sort this out, and I think we need to cut to the bottom of it, and I think the coaching staff needs to cut to the bottom of it. Daniel Jones, yes, he turned the ball over two times, and I will talk about Daniel Jones on an individual basis in a few seconds here. A lot of people are under the assumption. Now, I wasn't really the biggest believer of this, but maybe it's actually starting to come true in my mind. Okay, Donald from Boys and Big Apple, he was saying it a couple of times this past, you know, few weeks, this season really. Um, Diggy, who's a friend of the show, friend of the channel, he's been on a few times. He's also said it really coming off of this game. Is this coaching staff really fucking afraid of Daniel Jones? Because if they are, move on to Tyrod Taylor. Move on to somebody else. Because I'm, I'm really sick and tired of this. We're supposed to see some sort of development out of these guys, and we're really supposed to see 
something in terms of evolution. Now, going back to what I said on Friday, what did I say on Friday? I said, I get it. They're a bad run defense. You need to pass the football. Well, they attempted, yes. they In the end, they attempted 14 times. They passed it on first down to 10 carries. But they opened up the game with a lot of first down carries. Negative three, negative one, all these different things. So if Saquon is either hesitant or not, and this has n- almost nothing to do with Saquon Barkley, even though it does because Detroit figured uh, Saquon Barkley out and they stonewalled him for the game. I mean, he had like 22 yards on 15 carries. I've been a firm believer, even though I've been hiding it, because we've been ride Saquon Barkley like Biscuit feeling for the longest time because it's just been working out. But I've been saying it. I've been calling it out since the Houston game. Pass the ball with Daniel Jones. And you look at it at the end of the day. What happens, right? Yes, he passed 44 times in terms of attempts. He completed 27. But at the end of the day, and I keep saying that a lot, the Giants were down in this game. Why else did I say pass the football in this game? I'm not saying you can sit there and have a successful day without running the football. You have to run the football in some sort of standard. You have to run it at some point during the game. It has to work. You need a balance of both. But running the football for the Giants at all, and this has just been not this year but past years, it takes time off the clock. And when you're facing a powerhouse offense versus you know, how powerhouse offense in the Detroit Lions, you have to be able to go out there and score points. You have to be efficient, and you have to pass the football. The defense was not able to get off the field on third down. They just were not able to. Third and long as we were sending some unnecessary pressure. And I get it. That's Wink's forte, and I've been a fan of him all season. But guess what? I'm gonna I'm gonna rip the whole coaching staff this game. It's just gonna happen, guys. So if you don't, if you're gonna sit here and say don't rip the coaching staff this game, then you, this may not be the podcast episode for you. Return when we preview the Cowboys. But you need to keep up with Detroit, okay? You you need to keep up with passing offenses in general. And what what else did I say? Right? I said you need to take advantage of a passing defense and a secondary that's terrible. You need to take advantage. And guess what? They did, but they didn't. Look at these next few games. Minus the injuries, right? You got Washington. You got the Colts down the line. Those are home games, obviously. You got the Eagles. You got the Cowboys. You got the Vikings. Vikings, you may be able to run the football on them, even though they were just severely blown out by uh, the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday. But that's still going to be a separate discussion due to the injuries we've suffered, which is a whole different entity. Whole different entity. What is my point when I'm talking about the upcoming schedule? Is because this is the worst defense the New York Giants faced. And guess what? In terms of passing, they didn't do shit. In terms of running the football, they didn't do shit. But we've called it out for fucking weeks now. You need to pass the football. I'm going to say it right now. I don't give a shit if I get killed. Daniel Jones, yeah, he didn't have a good game because he turned over the football twice. First one was more costly than the second one. But there were some bright spots where you need to start trusting him on early downs. 
I know it's sort of an irrelevant point, yes, because we lost and the offense wasn't good and, and Daniel Jones was turning over the football. But you have to admit what you saw, the positive and the negative. We've been saying it for weeks now. Trust Daniel Jones on early downs and keep it going. The Giants slithered. They slithered by the Texans. Why did they not put up 30 that game? Because they were running it with Barkley. And you take a look. Some of these guys out here on Twitter and the podcasters, they've researched. They've said that, you know, at the te- during the Texans game, on those touchdown drives, Saquon Barkley had 54 yards on 15 carries. And Daniel Jones was like, you know, one of the best stats in that category or whatever. I don't have the specific stats, but the Barkley one I can remember. Overall, the New York Giants need to stop with this old school style of football. Now, let's do a quick research, right? Let's do a quick research. Live on air. Passing play first down, right? And now you could attribute, obviously, different situations, different teams and stuff. I personally, once again, I don't believe that you should be running the football on first down because in this day and age, the way the NFL is built, even though they're going with more too high on defense, it's just so frustrating. But the Rams are first, Tampa Bay second, Kansas City, Miami. Yes, they got Waddle. They got Tyree Kill. They got some of these other guys. But they're successful passing the ball like that. Um the Chargers is a different story. I mean, they're just about 500 at this point, maybe. They're like 6 and 5, 5 and 6, 5 and 5, something along those lines. Anyway, um Cincinnati. I mean, T Higgins, he's been a factor for the offense. The Jets really hasn't worked too much cuz they're more of a run-based team. But let's also do this as well. Pass play percentage because you could end up passing on first down and then com- being on complete run team just like the Jets are because that's you know that's what they are um so pass play percentage Tampa Bay sticks up there Chargers stick up there the Rams stick up there Kansas City sticks up there I know obviously these are short increments in terms of my point but if you want my honest opinion even though these teams in the NFL are going more too high in terms of their defenses We can't be sitting here and not adjusting to stacked boxes. We can't be sitting here and being stubborn because, oh, we have Saquon Barkley. That's not going to work. It didn't work in 2019. Ain't going to fucking work right now. We saw how many times the Giants offense was at least efficient in 2019 when they let Daniel Jones make turnovers. And he ain't going to have a perfect game every game. Trust me, for the 90th time, because there are people who will try to take statements out of context but there will be games where he turns the ball over and the Giants cannot be scared of that now maybe they are scared because maybe they fear that their defense isn't actually as good as people say it is I don't know I'm just throwing theories out there but at the end of the day the Giants if they want any sort of success offensively or any sort of offensive progression in these next few games It needs to be in the passing area. And I get it. We don't have fucking receivers. But there was no reason that Wandale Robinson, Isaiah Hodgins, 
well, Hodgins has, you know, he's been okay. But my overall point is you want to see this going into next year. You want to see some progression, right? They're still talking about the process. Before Wandale got hurt, this was obviously six uh, six receptions, 100 yards, right? We saw not much of him after that Ravens game. And this guy's supposed to be one of our future wide receivers. Josh Azudu, right? We know he's good against the run. But he's not very good against the pass. How are we going to see that? Through practice? No. It just irritates me. It really does. It irritates me. And the people who say you need to stick to a run-first offense because Jones turns over the football, I don't know that you have been watching football. Because he's been efficient. He's made some stupid throws. Not going to sit here and deny that. But when you're trying to force something that's not working in stacked boxes, when you're trying to force something that's not working, it's called the definition of insanity. Expecting the same thing, doing the same thing over and over again, and then expecting a different result. And I get it. The first part of the year, they, they basically, you know, went with the plan of okay second half we're gonna just adjust and we're gonna be better with the running game didn't always work didn't always work uh Ravens game I don't think it worked the Jaguars game it did not against the Seahawks it didn't but the fact that Daniel Jones can make some of these throws and I know the turnovers yes one of them led to seven points, which, you know, you take seven points off the board for Detroit, right? I mean, it's, it's a one-score game. But you see in this game, you see in the other games that he can make some of these throws on third down. I don't see why you can't trust him on first and second. Just boggles my mind. I've been calling this out for a few weeks now, probably since, once again, the Texans game more likely. But I've been noticing. Trust me, I've been noticing. But that's my rant on Mike Kafka. The Giants just need to move on and make it a pass-first offense. Um, Daniel Jones with a costly turnover in the first half does solid the rest of the game, accounted for 391 yards of offense. Um, I mean, obviously, once again, we know how they did with Barkley, 1.5 yards per carry overall. Um, you know, some of that can be attributed to garbage time, so I think he had 271 passing yards without garbage time, so... Decent game, average game from Daniel Jones. Uh, two turnovers, can't happen. One of them, because the defense in this case was resilient, and the, for some reason, well, you could attribute the win to it, but they didn't want to push on that uh, on that fourth down, do whatever, so they ended up punting, and we ended up doing whatever, but the first interception uh, was probably the dumbest interception of the day, where we've seen, and I've talked to different folks, uh, Jeremy Reisman, he's talked about Aiden Hutchinson going out in coverage. And guess what? The day after the episode premieres, he gets picked off by Hutchinson. You wait two seconds, and there's no pressure on him. You wait two fucking seconds. And guess what? That ball is in Slayton's hands. Stupid turnover. And that's where once again you could counter the argument about margin of error and letting jones air it out oh the turnovers but you can't be scared of the turnovers at the same time because even after um the two turnovers right the giants were in the football game 
the Giants were in the football game. It was like two scores. It was like 24-12. Um, but then he throws it to Hodgins. Hodgins fumbles. That took the piss out of everybody. Took the wind out of the ball game, and everybody started leaving. Everybody started leaving. Everybody said, you know, game's over. Game's over. So, um, he, he will need to work on not turning it over. Uh, obviously, there was a little bit of a jinx, which I'm not saying that was the reason for him throwing the interception. But don't let this distract you from the fact that running the football first, the way the Giants have been, is not sustainable at all. So, Wandale Robinson, he gets hurt. ACL. MetLife Turf takes another one. He just landed awkward, awkwardly. Um Hope he gets better. I would love to see more production out of him uh, next year. You know, hopefully with a new batch of wide receivers so he's not the only one that's out there getting 100 yards. I mean, Slayton, he he didn't have a great game. Uh, 86 yards on five receptions, but a 50% catch percentage with two drops. Not ideal. Not ideal at all. Uh, Isaiah Hodgins. Talked about the uh, fumble. Talked about the fumble. That was the ultimate <coughs> point where everybody said the game was over. Because that drive could have been score seven. The defense has some energy. Stop them. But we all know that uh, that didn't happen, of course. Uh, Hodgins fumbled, and that was pretty much the game. They scored seven off of that. And once again, you can attribute it to a lot of things. 21 points basically scored off of mistakes. Jamie Gillen... Uh, Shank, which he's been average this year. Daniel Jones' stupid interception thrown to Aiden Hutchinson. And then also you could attribute to the Isaiah Hodgins fumble. That's 21 points. You take 21 points off the board. That's 10. That's 10. Congratulations to Detroit. They took advantage of our mistakes. Besides Andrew Thomas, and this is like an overall thing that we do every game. The O-line was utter garbage. I'm just going to explain it to you there. Um, Shane Lemieux, he was he was pretty trash. He was bad. Like, rookie year bad. And listen, I know this seems hypocritical and couch GM-ish. And I said, look, I was intrigued by Lemieux possibly in the star, right? Because, you know, we saw a little bit against Denver. We saw a little bit against uh, the Patriots, what he could be. But all of that just... And I, I didn't really get as to why um, they didn't play Azudu to start. Like, you know, it was just odd because they didn't declare him as an inactive. They declared Jack Anderson as inactive. Then they go on and they start Lemieux, which, okay, we all knew that was going to happen. So I'm like, is this a rest day for Azudu? You know, is do they not want to test the injury or something like that? It was just odd optics by this coaching staff um to say the least so there's that but Zudu was better than Lemieux uh, obviously you have to look at the film and see how better he was I think he was I think he was just better I mean he should be starting going into Dallas but based on the injury report now it's obviously a uh, projection rather than an actual thing because they did the walkthroughs uh, he wasn't practicing, so that's that's that goes on the list. Neck injury. Pair not too much better than Phillips. Phillips out with a neck injury. 
Um, he wasn't good in the running game. He just wasn't good. He was constantly getting blown up. Phillips, at least, was solid in the running game. As for passing game, Parrott was okay. He was okay. That doesn't say too much. Um, also, for the fact, going back to Lemieux, why would you throw him out there after he just got off IR? Doesn't make a ton of sense. And the thing, also, with Parrott is this. Now, obviously, you can't predict too many injuries. But I have a feeling Parrott was bad in pass protection at times and at the running game because he didn't have a cohesion with Mark Lewinsky. It's just a theory, but I think you could prove it correct. Now, Gates better than Feliciano. He was better. Uh, PFF has some weird fucking uh, vendetta against Nick Gates, in my opinion, because they graded Feliciano better. Feliciano was trash. I'm going to say it right now. He allowed three pressures. Uh, he was terrible in the running game. There was one play where he was just utter garbage. I mean, you could probably look at my Twitter. It's where um, there was a blitz coming, right? So they have Cager in the backfield as an extra guy to protect. So the linebacker is coming to the right side. He's veering to the right side. Feliciano goes towards him. But guess what? Alex Anzalone, boop, right through the gap that Feliciano was supposed to cover. And that's a pressure. He ends up throwing it away into the direction of Saquon Barkley. As a center, you need awareness. The Giants haven't had awareness at center. Whether it's John Jalapio or John Feliciano. Maybe we just need to get rid of the whole John thing at center. Maybe just we, we just need the gates there. Whether Feliciano is injured or not, he needs to start. Not 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 Feliciano. Whether Feliciano is hurt or not, Nick Gates needs to start on Thursday. It needs to happen, or else we're getting we're getting our asses beat. And I have a feeling that might happen already. And also, I just hate. And I know I, I'll talk about special teams in a little bit. I just absolutely hate how they really, I would say portrayed Graham Gano. Not really portrayed, that's not necessarily the correct word. But how they treated him. The dude was sick. Okay, that's one thing, you know, you know, someone's sick, whatever. Dude have four IVs. So they couldn't sign another kicker? Now, I am of the belief he was either sick and that's causing him to miss kicks or it's the wind. Either way, you gotta go for two. Now, the third time, they finally fucking learned, and they went for two, but Cager drops a wide-open pass, which is also something I don't get because they're trusting Lawrence Cager more in the running game, which really shouldn't happen, over Chris Myrick. I will take Chris Myrick as a receiver and as a blocker over Lawrence Cager. That's where Daniel Bellinger is being missed, by the way. So, just a lot of fails by this coaching staff and really the execution as well. Um, so, I'm going to talk about the defense in just a second. No sacks. Um, this was an O-line coming into the game where they haven't given up many sacks. Jared Goff was the, I don't know, fourth least sack quarterback in the league among starters. So you could take that as you will. And Frank Ragnow was dealing with a foot injury. Not to mention they took out the right guard, Evan Brown, and put in 
think his name is Dan Skipper, or they put in Stenberg. I want to say they put in Dan Skipper. Um, but it's not like he was any good. I, don't, I, don't, I just don't get the prospect of not having any sacks. Now, you could attribute that to the fact that there was nothing on the back end. The fact that Adoree Jackson got injured. The fact that Fabian Moreau got injured. The fact that we were so short that we had Radarius Williams, Cordell Flott, and Jason Pinnock playing corner. 160 yards and four touchdowns allowed on the ground. I attribute a lot of that to third down defense. I really do. Third down defense where, you know, also as well, you got to factor in Amonra St. Brown having that huge drag route catch. It was just a mess. It was a mess on defense. Um, also, Nick McLeod was playing some defense as well. I thought he played fairly well for, you know, Nick McLeod standards. But 160 yards against a Dallas team coming up. You, you know, Dallas looks at that. They, they water at the mouth. They foam at the mouth. Because they got a huge victory against the Vikings. It was like 40-3 to the final score. Tony Pollard running wild. Ezekiel Elliott running wild. And you know what? That's not necessarily on Dexter Lawrence a ton. Not necessarily on Leonard Williams a ton. Because you know what? Double teams happen. Double teams happen. You get up to that second level. And Jesus Christmas, our linebackers suck. Micah McFadden, he was decent at best, but he's a fifth, sixth round pick. Okay? Jalen Smith, now you probably are going to start him against the Cowboys just because he seems a better fit to what they're doing in terms of running the football and you want to have good run fits on defense. But he was terrible. He was absolutely terrible. He was being blocked by Jason Cabinda. He was being blocked and mollywopped by uh, Dan Skipper a couple of times. He just could not get to the running back at all. He was being washed away like seashells on a fucking beach. Okay? Tay Crowder, they brought him in towards the end of the game. He was making some good plays. So, not too much to uh, rag on Tay Crowder there. But Jalen Smith was terrible. He was terrible. Now, here's the question that I will propose. Does Landon Collins get the call for Thursday? You need as much linebacker help as possible. You need as much DB help as possible as well. So, you see how Fabian Moreau's injury is? Do you bring somebody in or you just trust the young guys? Because either way, you could very well get swamped on Thanksgiving. But who knows what's going to happen. I'm also going to talk about this. Now, I'm done talking about the defense. Here's the point that people probably have been waiting for me to talk about. And I'm going to talk about it right now. There is no absolute fucking reason. Maybe I am hypocritical. There is no absolute fucking reason that Adoree Jackson should be returning punts. There is no reason. You look at spots on the roster, right? You could take up... You know, for a punt returner, right? Khalil Pimpleton. He's on the he's on the practice squad. It's not like he's known as a trying to catch his fly here. Hopefully he's dead. Um, you know, it's not like he's on the practice squad because of his receiving ability. What was he known at Western Michigan for? He was known at Western Michigan to be an electric punt returner. Now 
The thing with Adoree Jackson is, oh, well, you know, at USC, he was, uh, he was great as a punt returner. What about Tennessee? Right? What about the fact that he's missed games every single season due to injury? What about the fact that he's not really a speed guy in terms of that? Does he have a Kadarius Tony, a Wandale Robinson, a Richie James-like body? No. Yeah, he could keep up with, you know, some solid speedy receivers, but that's not something you should be risking when you're getting down to the thread and the depth and the really bottom of the barrel in terms of your depth. It just the reward did not match the risk at all. And guess what? I don't know what you're gonna do there. Richie James could probably be the punt returner. But also, he had an injury in, in the uh the walkthrough today, which we'll see what happens on Thursday. But there's a ton of guys that are healthy scratches every week that you could easily take off the roster and say, okay, we're going to put a punt returner on. And I know we've criticized different regimes in the past. Oh, why are you putting this guy on the roster? Just for special teams? That sucks. But now you need it more than ever. Austin Calitro, he's a terrible linebacker, so you, you could take him off the roster. Or you could also, now you think about it, Wendell Robinson goes to IR. Khalil Pimpleton, you're now on the roster. David Sills, he's an inactive. Every single week since our wide receiver core has been as healthy as possible. He doesn't play any special teams. Cut him. Cut him. So, I just don't understand. I feel like this game... Player execution was terrible, but the coaching was also terrible in many aspects. Many aspects where they put themselves in position to fuck up over and over and over again. Quick stock up, stock down. Um, Stock up, who the fuck? Well, Andrew Thomas does get a stock up, I should say. Uh, Wandale Robinson, I would say. I mean, he dropped one easy pass, but, um, you know... Sucks that he's done for the year. I can't really say Dexter Lawrence too much. Can't say Leonard Williams too much. Can't say anything on special teams too much, too. I think Andrew Thomas is it. I really do. Nick Gates, too. I thought he was solid at center. Stock down. The linebackers. Daniel Jones. Saquon Barkley. The rest of the O-line. Except for Azuda. I thought Azuda played solid. There were times where he messed up. I thought he played solid. Um, Darius Slayton would be in a mid-level because he had five catches for 86 yards, but at the same time, dropped two passes that were uh, pretty catchable. Kenny Galladay got two receptions. I mean, that's like neither here or there. Linebackers already mentioned. Um, I thought there was a couple of missed tackles. Overall, man, just not a good fucking game from the Giants. It's It makes you puke when you think about this game. Um, let's go to the snap count real quick. Let's talk about uh, the snap count. Mark Lewinsky, Andrew Thomas, and Daniel Jones were the only ones who played 100%. 87% for Darius Slayton, 82% for Matt Pert. Saquon Barkley, 76%. 74% for Lawrence Cager. So for some reason, they really like Lawrence Cager. 72% for Jonathan Feliciano, along with 
Wandale Robinson, 59% for Isaiah Hodgins, 51% for Shane Lemieux, 49% for Josh Zudu, 43% for Kenny Galli, 33% for Nick Gates, Richie James, 22%, Matt Breida, 20%, 18% for Tyree Phillips, Tanner Hudson at 16%. I don't understand why 11% is Chris Myrick because he is better uh, than Hudson at what he does, and same thing with Lawrence Cager. 9% for Gary Brightwell and 5% for Marcus Johnson. Um, and then you look at defense. Julian Love played 100%, was the only guy that played 100%. Dexter Lawrence, 88%. Jalen Smith, 87%. 85% from uh, Leonard Williams. Kayvon Thibodeau, 69%. Jihad Ward, 64%. Nick McLeod and Dane Belton at 58%. Jason Pinnock at 55%. Uh, Darnay Holmes, 51%, along with Ocean Zimenez. I thought Darnay had a good game, so you know what? I might add him to the stock-up list. Uh, 51% for him and Ocean Zimenez. Henry Mondo, 48%. Micah McFadden, 46%. Also take Crowder as well. Um, Micah McFadden, 46 Fabian Moreau, 45%. Rodarius Williams, 40%. Taman Fox, 34%. 33% for Cordell Flott, 31% for Tay Crowder. Adoree Jackson, 27%. Justin Ellis, 25%. And 4% for Ellison Smith. Ellison Smith, honestly, has no place on this roster. There's no reason he should be on. Um, also, something I want to bring up on a minor note. I'm getting a little worried about Kayvon Thibodeau. I'm getting... A little worried about Kayvon Thibodeau. There was a holding call finally called, but I just don't see too much production from him, right? And I'm not trying to be this guy, oh, you know, you're you're quitting on him early. He's, you're saying he's lazy. No, I've been a defender of his. I've been saying he's being held and he's not being called. And, you know, he made a good play against Ravens. But you take a look at some of these guys, and I've been given the, uh, you could say, excuse. Well, he missed a couple of games through development, right? Sort of Jermaine Johnson. Jermaine Johnson is racking up some very good defensive numbers for the New York Jets. Some of these other guys are as well. Hutchinson, too. And we all get that the reason the Giants picked Thibodeau is because of the ceiling of being a possibly elite pass rusher. But he needs, he needs to show up more. I've been giving him an excuse against some of these better tackles, um, but it's not going to get easier overall, right? You could probably take advantage of Sam Cosme and Charles Leno, um, you know, against Washington. But this week against Tyler Smith, or I don't know if Tyron Smith is even coming back too as well. Um, you know, it's not going to get any easier. It's really not. The Eagles, Jordan Mailata, it's not going to get easier. Um, Vikings, I don't know how long Christian Darasaw is out, but if you face Brendel, the left tackle, should be easier. Um, let's see what else. Let's see what else. I'm trying to think of opponents. Uh, I don't know the left tackle for the Colts, so you're not getting an answer from me there, but it's a lot of divisional stuff. It's a lot of divisional stuff. Um, real quickly, injury, game plan, outlook, all that other stuff. Injuries is going to be tough. Um, you're looking at starting corners being Nick McLeod, Radarius Williams, Cordell Flott. One of those two guys, really three guys, two of those three guys um, are going to be the starting corners against Dallas. Uh, are you pushing Fabian Moreau to go for this game? You might have to. You might have to. I'm just going to say it right now. You might have to. Um, I don't want to risk Moreau's injury. Now it's an oblique injury. 
but you know Washington is not as tough as Dallas is but at the same time you could say well you know we are planning to bring back Ojolari and uh, Daniel Bellinger for the Washington game we'll see how Fabian Moreau feels in two weeks that could very well be the mindset but it's not going to get any easier and it's going to get extremely hard down the stretch and I'm not going to you know make any excuses it's going to make things way harder down the stretch against divisional opponents and these divisional opponents it's not like 2020 where everybody's under 500 it is not like that everybody is over 500 as far as I know um the Colts are the only team in our path right now that are under 500 the Vikings they're eight and two I think yeah they're eight and two so it's not gonna get any easier and obviously I'm in for the process I'm trusting the process but it's gonna tell us how much the coaching staff can keep us in games with these injuries coming down on our wide receiver core on our corner core how bad these linebackers have been so it's gonna get interesting as far as the game plan goes I mean uh you're probably looking at more of a soft zone defense, soft zone blitzing, if that's a thing, because they're not playing man-to-man coverage against the Cowboys. We get beat every time. So, you know, against Gallup, against CeeDee Lamb, against Dalton Schultz, you're looking at zone defense. Going to be fair with y'all. So, that's just going to be that as far as offense goes. Um, despite Wandale getting injured and some of the O-line shakeup, stop with the run first offense and go to pass first. You're not being efficient with uh, running first. That takes time off the clock. And it's not the way the league, league is anymore. It really isn't. Um, so that's that. As far as, you know, people have asked me, do you think OBJ is coming to the Giants? I'm not putting it in his reality. Um, he plays mind games with a lot of different people on Twitter. It's his decision at the end of the day. Uh, whether he gets it done with the Giants, the Cowboys. I mean, it's good for the Giants that... If he does sign with the Cowboys, it'll be after Thanksgiving. So it's not going to be, you know, he's not going to be a factor on Thursday. Um, We'll see how much of a factor he is if he does come here. But uh, my mind, it really isn't set on it. My mind is set on these next few games and seeing how competitive the Giants are. Like, comment, and subscribe, people. Turn on post notifications so you know when a live stream pops or video drops. Appreciate y'all coming back. Peace out, guys. See you later and stay cool. Despite us losing this game, and we're still, guess what? We're still 7-3. Let's go Giants.